0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Yes, Lord, thank you that we can be here tonight, Lord. Thank you that you are busy building your church, Lord. But you are bringing us together, Father, looking across this room, Lord, to you know, different people, Lord from different backgrounds, gathering intentionally around a single purpose, Father. And it's only you that can do that, Lord. It's only you that can bring these bunch of people together, Father, and unite us, Lord, in a single mission to see your kingdom come, your will be done, as you pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. And, you know, my prayer tonight, Lord, is just for us to understand, Lord. That Christianity, Father, without the one another, isn't biblical Christianity, Father. You've called us, Lord, to be together, to encourage one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another, to consider one another. And so many things, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that the truth will drop into our hearts, Lord, won't it be only something that we know theoretically, Lord, but actively and practically pursue. To love one another, to do life together, Father, as you've knit us together, Lord. And thank you that you didn't do us, Lord, to spite us with some difficult people. But you've placed people around us, Lord, so that we might endure in the faith, that we might persevere in the faith, Lord, that we might grow in faith, Lord, and that we might encourage faith in others. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good Father, and you know what's best for your children. Thank you, Jesus, for setting the example. For laying your life down so that we can lay our lives down and follow you. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are continuously working just to point us to the beauty of Jesus and the Father. And thank you that we might freely know the things given us by God, because we have the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the title for tonight is, Because of Jesus, Let Us. Because of Jesus, Let Us. The scriptures that God gives us, the one another commands in scriptures. Now there's about a hundred st- times that it's stated in the New Testament in 94 verses. One another statements. Commands that Jesus gives us. Encourage one another. Forgive one another. Build one another up. You know, bear with one another in love. Consider one another. Don't envy. Don't devour one another. Be in unity with one another. And today we're going to build a bit on that you know, and see where it comes from. You know, there's certain things that if we understand the atonement if we understand what jesus came to do for us that just naturally flow from our lives you know last week Werner shared about the heartbeat of church or the foundation of church understanding the atonement as for loss and if we understand what jesus did for us on the cross then we'll fall in love with jesus and there will be something that flows from our lives you know, God intended it that way in Scripture. He doesn't only say what we should do or we should surrender our lives to Jesus, but He also says what the outcome of that should look like to keep us from becoming deceived. You know, and in the, the days that we are living in, the country that we are living in, with a lot of traditional things going around, there's many times a disconnect between what some people proclaim I believe this, I really follow Jesus. And then there's a disconnect about how we practically live a lot of times. And the faith that I say, I proclaim, and the life that I live doesn't really align. And God says in Scripture that He expects of us for those two things to align, and He placed it in Scripture, and He says, if these things are in your life, if you understand salvation, if you've surrendered to Jesus, if you have the Spirit, there will be certain things that flow from your life. Naturally, Jesus will make that flow from us. It says in Ezekiel 36 you can read that on your own That there will come a day when God will sprinkle clean water upon us and we will be clean he's doing the work he removes the heart of flesh of the heart of stone he gives us a heart of flesh he pours out his spirit upon us and he writes his laws on our heart so that we might do what he commanded us to do he's the one that works that through us he's the one that works it through us you know I want to ask us a question like Werner said the atonement of jesus is the heartbeat of church now if that is the heartbeat what should flow out from that what should flow out from that or maybe a different question if that is the heartbeat if we are always to consider the work of jesus on the cross how do we endure in that how do we persevere and yes obviously by looking to jesus but the scripture defines how that looks it says let us Run with perseverance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's a together thing. Consider Him. Yes, consider Jesus, but let's do it together. You know why? Because there's going to come days where you don't feel like looking up. You're not going to feel like following. You're not going to feel like continuing. And what will determine if we persevere or not is the people around us. Am I surrounding myself with people that look to Jesus, that encourage, that stir faith? Or am I on my own? I mean, just briefly, before church, when all of those people came to share words, how encouraging was that? I mean, who experienced some encouragement? Listening to people come and saying, listen, this is the message that God has for you. He wants to encourage you. You'll make, you'll make it through what you have going through. You can silence the storm because of the authority of Jesus. There's no sin big enough. I mean, that's encouraging. We can go in to God's house. He's waiting there for us. It's the us that will allow us to persevere. God knew it. That's why he created the body of Christ. Because we need one another. Not only to grow, but just not to die. We'll need the people around us. You can tell the person next to you, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Physically, but also not spiritually, we are supposed to be there for one another. So we're going to read a passage of scripture found in Hebrews 10, from verse 19 to 25. And let's read together and see what we can learn from that. And you'll see that in the rest, the chapter just before that, or from the beginning of the chapter, from verse 1 to 18, the writer is explaining the work that Jesus did on the cross for us. And he lays down the foundation, then it says what should flow out from that. So let's read together. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, and what that speaks of the holy place in uh, the Old Testament, there was the holiest of holies in the temple where the presence of God dwelt above the Ark of the Covenant, and the high priest could enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. The day that showed to Jesus there's someone coming that by His blood will allow us to enter always, once and for always. We won't only be able to enter once a year based on certain sacrifices but by, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is through His flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, so there we see this, let us commands that God gives us that flowed from that. But let's just first look at that foundation that is laid down there, verse 19 to 21. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest of the household of God, and like I said, you know, the passage just before that explaining the work of Jesus, and it says in verse 14, he who... At one time, perfected for always those who are being sanctified. All those that Jesus called, all of us that's sitting here, that's busy following Jesus, by one offer, the Day of Atonement, Jesus coming and by His death, wiping away sin, but by His life, giving us righteousness, so that when God looks at us, He sees the righteousness of Jesus. You know, and Scripture says this is the heartbeat. And out of this heartbeat should flow three let us commands. And the reason why that flows out is because of a life surrendered to Jesus. I don't know some of us that maybe have looked at an old wartime movie and you get that certain place where someone comes in and then all of a sudden someone tries to kill them or something happens and someone comes in and saves their life. And they stand up and they say, Sir, I don't know what I can do to repay you. I pledge my life to you who've seen that the things that I wanted to do or busy with doing I place that one side and I'm now saying that my life is devoted to you I'm following you and if we understand the work of Jesus on the cross that should that's actually a biblical response to say that Lord I see that you've saved me not just physically not just here and now but eternally what can I do to repay you my life Is now yours how can i express my gratitude that that should be one of the first things we ask lord what can i do for you how can i express my gratitude for what you've done for me and then jesus says these three things should flow from the foundation of the atonement of christ and the first two is basically just to enter into what jesus did and to hold fast into his promises but look, let's look at these three things that jesus then commands us through scripture the first one let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith with our heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water now that's foundational things to repent to be baptized and to be filled with the spirit that's in here imagine that jesus saves us And we are, Lord, how can we express our gratitude? What's the first thing that we can do? And he says, apply what I've done on the cross. Enter into a relationship with the Father. That's the first thing. How great is that? How loving is that? Encouraging us to enter into the place where we experience restoration, renewal, hope, joy. And Jesus is saying, that's how you can express your gratitude, by entering into that. Much more beneficial to us jesus doesn't need anything and he's saying enter into that again that picture of baptism remember what your baptism did and signified and then secondly let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful what is the confession of our hope it's the hope that jesus said to us that he will not leave us orphans but he's coming back for us one day and to show us that he's not leaving us orphans, he sent the Holy Spirit who is the seal until the day of redemption. Receiving the spirit that Jesus poured out on us, and he said to his disciples, in my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place. And I'm coming back one day to fetch you, and sin and death will be no more. And we will be with God for eternity. And Jesus is saying the second thing that you can do To express your gratitudes, believe in the promises that I gave you. Believe in the promises that I gave you. Enter into relationship and believe the promise. Gracious things. And then thirdly, and the one that I just want to stand still at tonight, is and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You see, the key here that we are experiencing is the us, the let us. Let us do this. That's where encouragement will be found. Not when I am alone, but when we are together. You know, in the early church, salvation, baptism, and church membership were so synonymous that the act of becoming a member in was actually baptism. And we read that passage in Acts 2 last week. and It says they repented, they were baptized, and they were added to their number, 3,000 that day. The day I am saved and I become baptized that's the day I joined the body of Christ we read in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 that we all were baptized by one spirit into one body and today we don't view it like that we think we can do this lone range of Christianity sometimes we think we can do it on our own but God is saying no 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 it's not how it works it's the let us let us and if you are wondering how will I persevere and how will I endure in continuously drawing near to Jesus and holding fast to his promises because trials and tribulations will come he's saying this last let us command is where the key lies let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works you know whenever you see that that word and in the English Bible it links parallel statements together saying these things go together they are inseparable you can't do the one without the other it's saying here, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And you cannot do that without holding fast to the confession of your hope. You cannot draw near with full assurance and a true heart without considering how to disturb the people around you that God has given you. You can do it with a deceitful heart. You can do it with a misleading heart. You can do it with an evil heart. But you cannot do it with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Impossible to draw near to God not hold fast to his promises and think about the people that he's placed around you can't happen and we can't hold fast to the confession of our hope without drawing near to God and without considering how to stir one another to loving good works that is how we hold fast we encourage one another like we just did before church the promise of God is no sins big enough you can enter the household of God he will forgive if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That is a promise of God. That is how we consider to stir one another to love and good works. And we cannot consider how to stir up one another to love and good works without drawing near to God and without holding fast to his promises, because that is the aim of our encouragement. That is the aim of how we stir one another to love and good works. It's by drawing near to God, it's by holding fast to the commandments that He has given us. Now another place where we see this and is with the Great Commission. Jesus saying, All authority has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of the nations, baptize them, and teach them to observe all that I have observed you. And behold, I am with you. Without the and, He's with us, it doesn't work. It's His presence that enables us to do what He's called us to do. And if we want to persevere in drawing near and holding fast, we're going to have to consider. How to stir one another to love and good works. And when it comes to this, there's two things that we need to do if we want to do this biblically. It says here in Hebrews ten twenty-four, it's on the board, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And the reason why we stir up one another to love and good works, we read in Matthew 24, verse 12, that because lawlessness will increase. That is people becoming a law unto themselves. I do not want to submit to the ways of God. I want to decide what's right and wrong. I want to decide what's okay and not. And we see that all the more. And it says because lawlessness will abound or increase, the love of many will grow cold. And we are saying, Lord, what do we do as a church in the face of lawlessness abounding and the love of many growing cold? He says consider how to stir one another to love. Because the enemy is actively working against that and then we read in 1 John 3 verse 18 what is love let's not only love in word and talk but in deed and truth a love that expresses itself through good works a faith that is active all that counts is faith working through love but it's working it's doing certain things that's why we encourage one another to love and good works but for that to happen we have to consider. You now a different word there is to think. The Greek word there that they use for consider is the same Greek word as the name for that statue of the man standing like this. The thinking man. To actively put your head down and think, Lord how? How am I going to stir the people around me to love and good works? How will I contemplate continuously consider? With my mind fixed on the body of Christ how to stir them up that is what this Christian the scripture is saying to continuously contemplate and consider the body of Christ how to stir them up now I want to ask us a question as a Christian where do you think you can do that the best at the feet of the one who made and gathered the one another no better place God himself who made each and every one of us, who gifted us, who've called us to a specific purpose, who binds us together with his spirit, to go and sit at his feet as we pray, Lord, how do I build up the people around me? How do I stir them to love and good works? What have you called me to do? It needs to be a prayerful consideration. Takes us to point number one. Because of Jesus, let us prayerfully consider how to stir one another To love and good works let us prayerfully consider how to stir one another to love and good works now the reason this doesn't come naturally I don't know if you've noticed that but the writer is encouraging us to encourage it's a bit strange because it doesn't come naturally yes there's certain people that naturally just encourage better than others but this encouragement isn't only in word not only in talk It's indeed in truth. It's a discipleship process where it's a let us discipleship process. And I want us to remember that whenever you're walking a road with someone, yes, there'll be times where you say they must repent of a certain thing or they must do a certain thing or they must go to a certain place, but it's still a let us process. I'm not sitting far off and just telling people what to do. No, it's us doing life together. But the reason it doesn't come naturally is because when we commit to this, we will actively need to shift from my comfort to our encouragement. The more I want to encourage and do life together, the farther away I move from my comfort. You won't be able to do those things together. The more you consider how to stir people to love and good works, the least comfortable you will be. The more comfortable you want to be, the less intentional you will be to stir other people to love and good works. You know, in the light of the book of Hebrews, at this moment they're experiencing immense persecution. Not at this moment, obviously they, they did it a couple of thousand years now. But at the moment the book was written, they're experiencing immense persecution. Imprisonment, the plundering of their goods, even threatened to the point of death. And the writer is telling them, just, just on, if you go read from verse 26 on to verse 39. He tells them, you did well. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. You happily said that we are with those people in prison. And you know that the more you say that, the more they'll persecute you. And you were happy about that. You accepted it joyfully. Why? Because you remembered the hope of his calling. You cling to that won't you hold fast again let us hold fast to the hope of our confession that is what you've forgiven that is why you've neglected it a bit and your focus has shifted to your comfort that is why you are struggling to encourage one another and the same is true for us if we focus on the comfort here we will forget the promise there We'll forget about it but if we remember the hope and the promise there the persecution here will be okay it's fine I'll, I'll put up with that one of the members in my small group you know they just going for it at work they have been handed over to HR because they are preaching the gospel too much he actually told it to Aubrey and Aubrey's first response was high five that's amazing Because why? We remember the hope there. Oh, what a joy awaits. To be with Jesus for eternity as we look back on that day, because that will stand for eternity. The fact that they were handed over to HR for preaching the gospel. It will be remembered for all times. The person who handed them over won't. We won't remember them. But that day will stand for eternity. True godly care and encouragement will be costly. It will cost us something our time our possessions our our finances our emotional capability just to give to the people around us that will be depleted often and we need to go back to God draw near hold fast encourage but it will be a costly one and if you want to apply this yes God has called us to do this for Christians in general but if you want to know specifically Who can I go and sit down and consider how to stir these people to love and good works? Your small group. Yes, you are part of the family of Christ. But those people God has placed specifically around you to stir them to love and good works. Your accountability partners. If you're not in a small group, just hold on for literally a minute. And I'll show you why you will need to do that. Because if you want to consider how to stir people to love and good works, you'll you'll have to join a small group. And we'll see that in just a moment. And I'm not saying that you have to pray for them every day. I know some of us, obviously, have too big a small group. we Luckily, you multiplied now. But what? You were like 20 people before you multiplied. That's going to take quite a while, at least an hour for a person. I'm just making a joke. So you don't have to pray for each and every one every day, but at least once a week. Go and write down the names of the people in your small group. Okay, this day, this day, this day. And go and sit at the feet of God and ask Him, Lord, how do I stir these people to love and good works? Sometimes we want to do that, and we arrive at a Wednesday and we try to, but if you didn't prayerfully consider it a bit more difficult, try to figure it out instead of just getting information from god going to do that but then as we sit and we pray and we consider then there needs to be a second step either the only thing that we then have is good intentions we want to go and do that but we actually need now to go and do that and how do we do that what is one of the key things that will always be present in encouraging other, one another to love and good works in verse 25 it says the following if you want to consider how to stir one another up to loving good works, how do we do that? By not neglecting to meet together. That is where it will happen. As it is in the habit of some, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. What does it mean all the more when we see the day drawing near? Scripture says before Jesus comes back, things will go from bad to worse. Today, you need more encouragement than yesterday. And tomorrow you will need more encouragement than today. And maybe you think that you're in a great place and you can go off on a solo mission. Scripture says things will go from bad to worse. Lawlessness will increase. And the enemy will come after you, love, to decrease that. And if you are not surrounded by one another, you will not make it. Encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, if you really want to stir one another to love and good works we need to meet together get yourself a small group that's where it's going to happen at the small group intentionally coming together you know john piper has this quote he says you are god's appointed means to keep your brother or sister from falling into sin and maybe if you want to state it a bit better because it sounds like there's too much responsibility on us there You are one of God's primary primary means to keep your brother or sister from falling into sin. And to encourage them to step back into grace if they've fallen into sin. God will use you to do that. Encourage, fight temptation. But if you've given in, it's okay, step back into grace. The Father's arms are open wide. No sin too big. God says, come in, I will forgive, I'll cleanse. All I desire is a heart of repentance that wants to turn back to me. So what the writer is saying here to us, I don't want us to go and prayerfully consider and ask God, Lord, what can I do and then hope that I bump into someone. No, I want to be intentional in meeting with them. takes us to point number two. Because of Jesus, let us intentionally meet together and encourage one another. And both need to be there. If we have number one, but we don't have number two, all we have is good intentions and a hope to bump into someone somewhere. And there should be the opportunity then to encourage them. No. Number two needs to be present as well. And if we only have number two, but we don't have one, number one, we have a social club. Very intentional in coming together, but what we do there, not so intentional. Both need to be present and if i can leave us with one a one liner one thing to remember that you take from tonight and you apply this in every area of your christian walk it will be biblical and you will see the fruit of god and the power of god manifest it's this because of jesus let us consider prayerfully then act intentionally in any area of your Christian life, if you can take that home, Lord, what have you called me to do? Consider prayerfully, then act intentionally. Lord, how do I raise my kids in a biblical manner? Consider prayerfully, then act intentionally. God, what do you want me to do at small group? Why have you brought us together? Consider prayerfully, act intentionally. If we do that in every area of our lives, we will see. The presence and the power of God manifests through us now there's a scripture that says God's eyes continuously run to and through the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him he wants to move he wants to lead the question is do you want to be led? prayerfully consider intentionally act and God will bless that yes will make mistakes you yes, won't always get it right but there's grace for that. But as we go, God will lead. And we will see his glory and his power manifest through our lives. The last two verses of this chapter, it's not on the board. You can go and read that. Verse 38 and 39, quite strong words. But the writer says, speaking as God speaks, and he says, My righteous one will live by faith. But if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Hard words. He says, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are those who have faith and persevere. We are those who have faith and persevere. We will not be those who shrink back and are destroyed. And if we can make that commitment tonight, saying, Lord, I am going to prayerfully consider and act intentionally because I will not be the one who shrinks back. But I am one who has faith and we will persevere. Then we will see the kingdom of God come. Because he will be the one that leads us. Let's stand tonight now. in of us in prayer. Yes, Lord, thank you, Father, that, that you are here tonight, Lord. You are present, Lord. You are working in hearts. And you're also saying, Lord, that... The intentionality lord regarding our realness and transparency will make it easier for those around us to consider to stir us up to love and good works A realness transparency i like the story lord of ananias and sapphira coming to the apostles and saying no this is all of the proceeds that we get they put it down at the apostles feet and they're struck dead They said, because you did not lie to man you lied to god if you are real here, you're not being real for us, you're being real for God. If you are pretending in the body of Christ, not pretending towards people, but towards God. And he knows. Many times the shocking thing that we have to realize that every aspect of our lives, the thoughts we think, the things we do God knows and in response to him knowing he sends his son to die for us so that we can know him so that in him we can be the righteousness of god because he knows that in ourselves we have no righteousness thank you lord for the work that you've done for the body that you're building for the people you are bringing together and lord you know father each and every heart here that needs some encouragement feel downcast Lord. that feels destroyed it feels like they are shrinking back and you are saying Lord have faith persevere press in draw near hold fast and get yourself around those who will consider to stir you up to love and good works that is how we will persevere looking to Jesus but it's we that are looking it's us